together. I know your brain already is like so confused because this isn't the you you aren't hearing the voiceover in the intro song. What's happening? What has gone into this podcast? I'm gonna unsubscribe right now, and I'm never gonna listen to it again. No, that's that. Uh, no, that's not that's not, that's not that's not what's going on. What is going on is the hundredth episode of the Potter discussion. One hundred. <laughs> I plan this in my head so much, and it is already off the rails. But it doesn't matter because this is episode 100. It feels so surreal to be recording right now with episode 100. And if you have seen the title of this episode, you are probably clued in to what the subject might be. And I have been making this episode for... This has been almost two months at this point. Two months and seven days and 37 audio tracks. If, just for context, when I record, I only, like, the episode that you hear is only using, uh, like, five or six tracks, but I use 37 to make this episode, mainly because there's a lot of music. And if you've ever heard of an audio drama, that's kind of what I was aspiring to. And although it's not, you know, top quality audio dramas, it is definitely something that I am proud of. And it it is something to do with, you know, Voldemort's past and why he may have turned out the way he did. And this is about 15 minutes or so of awesome episode. I t- Believe me, I could not have possibly made it longer. If I made it any longer, it would have taken years to make. So this 15 minutes, I hope you enjoy this. But before we do that, I just, of course, have to say huge, huge blast-ended scrut-sized thank you for everything that you have done, as much as it might seem like you're thinking to yourself, well, I haven't done anything, you are wrong. Every single time I post an episode and I look back the next day to see how it's doing and I see that number go up, that's just, there's nothing ever going to be like that. And that's just something that I always, always, always will remember. So as much as I might say thank you to all of you, and you're thinking, well, he means the audience, not individually me. I mean individually you. You made that number go up, and you listened to my episode, and you took in the message, and you liked it, or you didn't, and you commented on it in your brain, and you thought of me when you were doing that. So I just thank you so much for doing that, for taking the time out of your day for a year, for a hundred episodes, to do this, to do the very thing you're about to do right now, and hopefully you'll continue to do in the future. And if you're listening to this in the future, it is a good episode, so enjoy that, but even you right now in the future, this is like October 7th of 2021, I'm recording on a Thursday, weird, I know, but (laughs) um, yeah, if you're listening to the future, but after October 7th of 2021, you are probably thinking, well, this is kind of weird, you know, the audience is, you know, uh, of several billion, I don't know how you can be thinking of, of, of me, but I am, I'm thinking of every single one of you individuals listening to me, taking the time out of your day to do the things that I have worked so hard to make, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And that's all the thank yous out of the way. And quick update, I know this is a little weird, but uh, Fantastic Beasts 3, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is now being released on, I believe, April 7th or April 8th in the UK and Ireland. So that's weird. That's an update. Just figured you might want to know that. So that's that. That's the thank yous. And here is the episode. I hope you enjoy. Tom Marvolo Riddle. That name has swept Harry Potter in fear for years. 
Wizards and witches from around the world have been dreading the day when Voldemort would blast their doors open and end their lives. It seemed as if there was no hope in the dark days. Every family expected their lives to end every single day. There was no way out, but there was no way in. How did this world come to be? How did Voldemort rise to be as feared and infamous as he is today? That is what we will explore in this episode. It all starts in a small town called Little Hangleton, located in northern England. On the outskirts of Little Hangleton live a family called the Gaunts. The Gaunts were the last direct descendants of Salazar Slytherin. The Gaunts have gained their reputation as troublesome, violent, and not to be messed with. They were very poor, without jobs, and without any extra money whatsoever. The Gaunts were a very pure family. They believed everyone should be a pureblood, and everyone should be a Slytherin. There was no other option. Everything else meant nothing. There were three in the beginning. Morphin, Merope, and Marvolo. They had a very dysfunctional and stressed environment. Marvolo often lost his temper. Morphin was rarely in the house, and Merope had nowhere else to go. Marvolo spent all of his time in the house, drinking, sleeping, or yelling. Morphin talked to snakes outside and climbed trees. Merope was left to look out the window and hope that brighter days would come. Her main source of happiness was a young man called Tom Riddle. This is where Voldemort's story begins. Tom Riddle is Voldemort's father. Merope is his mother. But how did these two meet? Tom had no idea Merope existed for most of the time Merope knew about Tom. What happened? Well, over the years of Merope watching Tom out of her window, she began to form a plan. Merope knew the only way for her to leave the house was for her to marry. And Tom was the only person she wanted to marry. But how? Merope had to form the best plan of her life. So when she woke up in the morning and walked over to look out of the window, she began. Marvolo was clueless, and Morphin was even more out of the loop. But there was a hitch in Merope's plans. Merope had never interacted with Tom in her life. She had gone off of looks, and looks alone. Merope had no idea how to approach Tom and carry out her plan. Oh yeah, her plan. Despite what Marvolo thought, Merope was a somewhat competent witch. She could perform magic. Marvolo was unaware of just how smart Merope was. She wasn't a genius, but Merope knew some basic spells and one potion. I say one potion because Merope has looked up that potion in the long hours of the night. She fantasized about being with Tom in addition to this potion. I'm, of course, talking about a love potion. Merope knew Tom would never really love her. It was sad, but even Merope knew it to be true. Her scheme started the day after the love potion was done brewing. And when that day came, Merope knew she would soon be with the handsome village boy, Tom Riddle. When the house was empty and the potion ready, 
Merope went to bed with a smile on her face. The next day, Merope laced a cool drink with the love potion she had been working on. She put it on the windowsill and waited for Tom. Tom was always riding his horse to Big Hangleton, where he worked a job. Merope had never been there, but she knew it was a very long and very hot ride. Perfect for a nice cool drink along the way. When the clip-clopping of a horse came from around the corner, Merope hurried to the window and waited, cool drink in hand. Finally, Tom's horse, then the man himself, appeared around the corner. Tom! Merope called. Yes? He responded. Would you like a cold drink for the ride? She asked. Tom was still confused, but he was polite and accepted. From that day, Tom rode by every single trip, taking a little more love potion. He began to see Merope in a way she had always hoped he would. Weeks after their first interaction, Merope asked Tom to marry her. He, of course, said yes. He had been in a relationship with a woman called Cecilia, but Cecilia was long out of his mind. Merope was glad to leave her house. Both Morphin and Marvolo had been taken to Azkaban, and she was feeling lonely. Just three months after their marriage, Merope became pregnant with Tom Riddle Jr., or Lord Voldemort. By that point, Merope thought Tom, her husband, had a real love for her after all the time they had spent together. She knew how the relationship began, but the love Tom had for Merope seemed to be real. To Merope, at least. So one day, Merope didn't put the usual dose of love potion into his morning tea. The very next morning, Tom left her. Merope was shocked. How, after all that time, could Tom revoke the decision of love they made together? She was lost. Tom was her only purpose in life. For a while. We can't forget what she's been carrying all this time. Voldemort. Merope couldn't even think about her baby without a sharp reminder of Tom. And Merope didn't want Voldemort to grow up in a world without a father. So nine months pregnant, Merope set out to find Voldemort a home. Along the way, she sold an old family locket for a low price at Borgen and Burke's. In the end, she came to Wool's Orphanage in London. Merope stumbled to their door and gave birth on the spot. Before she died, she said the boy's name was Tom Marvolo Riddle, after her father and her ex-husband. And so it was that Merope Gaunt died and Tom Riddle was born. Tom had a very strange childhood. Growing up in an orphanage, he never quite fit in. He was the kid that always sat alone. Tom never made a friend and was bullied for being different. Because of that, he grew up to hate his parents, especially his father. Tom hated the fact that he was left on a doorstep without any control of what happened. He was shoved into a life he didn't want. This is where his journey of becoming Lord Voldemort began. Tom was an outcast. The factions of the people around him didn't apply to him. And Tom noticed. He was always looking for a way out. Little did he know, his difference wasn't because he himself didn't fit in with the people, but that the people didn't fit in with Tom. Tom was a wizard, 
and like Harry, he had no idea until the moment was right. This is the root of Voldemort. When Dumbledore came to Wolves, Tom didn't know who Dumbledore was. However, when Tom heard the truth, he wasn't surprised. The shock that had come to so many others didn't even pass through him. The news that he could do magic was just the answer to the empty void left by the taunting and loneliness he had endured. The concept of getting shoved into a different life was completely normal to him. So Tom Riddle started his magical education. Dumbledore had set Voldemort on his path. There was no going back now. Tom began his education at Hogwarts as any student would. He worked hard and learned much. But again, Tom was different. He seemed to see things in a different way. The teachers thought he was brilliant, but Dumbledore saw differently too. For Dumbledore had the same look on life as Tom, but Dumbledore chose the path of good, not evil. Tom and Dumbledore were very aware of each other, as they were the exact opposite of what they wanted. Tom could mess up Dumbledore's plans, and Dumbledore could do the same for Tom. The two had to find a way to coexist. They had to manage. Somehow. Right when he arrived, Tom found a circle of friends like himself. Tom wanted to be around people who were just like him, looking for a place to fit in. But there was a problem. If Tom and his friends didn't have a place to fit in before, how would any of them find a place now? The answer is, they didn't. They made their own kind of group. A person who had been abandoned and left with no love or care to survive would fit in with Tom and his friends perfectly. It was here that the name Voldemort was born. And with going to Hogwarts came the understanding of the muggle world. How some people were full wizard, half wizard, or had no magic at all. It was these half-bloods and muggles that Voldemort saw his father. In every person who had less than 100% magical blood, Voldemort hated. The very existence of the muggle was horrifying for Voldemort. He thought they would all betray him and leave those they love behind. In Voldemort and the Death Eaters' eyes, all muggles were monsters. Tom continued to gain popularity as he traversed his years at Hogwarts, gaining friends, even gaining the respect of many of the teachers, besides Dumbledore, of course. But it was in his sixth year did Tom truly realize his potential. For in his sixth year, Tom Riddle opened the Chamber of Secrets. He injured countless students, even killing one in the end. The only kind of person Tom targeted were Muggleborns and Halfbloods. Because of their blood and their heritage, Tom could only see Tom Riddle Sr. whenever he looked their way. But soon he realized he was thinking too small. Why just limit himself to the wizards and witches in Hogwarts? Why not continue his work in the real world? But how could one do that in a single lifetime? And of course, there would surely be people who would have poisoned minds and try to stop him from this pure and just act. Well, Tom needed protection. Not a spell, that's too obvious and easy to break. 
How about a Horcrux? Yes, that was perfect. But not just one. How about seven? That is what Professor Slughorn had told him was the max. However, Tom did have a prior knowledge on Horcruxes, and he used the death of Moaning Myrtle to make his very first. His diary. Then, over Christmas break, he returned to his parents' town, killing his father, uncle, and grandparents so he could make another Horcrux. The ring. But the worst part? He thought he was doing good. Tom really thought that by ridding the world of all muggles, everyone would have much better lives. Tom then framed Hagrid for his own crimes and received an award for it. When Tom gets a taste for power, all thoughts of getting a stable job and raising a family left his mind. Tom wants to rid the world of all muggles forever. But when Tom was finally ready to leave Hogwarts, he realized something. He didn't want to go. Although, yes, the world was in need of a purge, Hogwarts was the only real home he had ever had. So at the age of 18, Tom returned to the castle and applied for the job of Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. However, Tom was turned down. So he worked in the shop Borgen and Burke. After working there, he went off on his own for 10 years, dealing with the darkest of the dark arts. When he resurfaced, Tom Riddle was Voldemort. And the rest is history. So now you have a basic understanding of Tom Arvolo Riddle. He continued on to make Horcruxes and build a very large following. Now we move on into the next part of this episode. Why? Why did Voldemort do everything he did? You might say his hatred of muggles. But is that really why Voldemort surrounded himself with so many people? You have to look back at the root of his hatred of muggles and not take it for face value. Tom's father was the true start of Voldemort's path of bias for the pure-blooded race. But it wasn't even that. It wasn't the fact that Tom's riddle senior was a muggle that led Voldemort to hate him. It was the fact that Tom left Voldemort. Voldemort didn't have a father to talk to, or a mother for that matter. Voldemort was, is, and will forever continue to be lonely. It may sound strange, but the real reason Voldemort surrounds himself with so many people is because he doesn't have anyone else to be with. He never wants to be alone again. And that's why Voldemort was always destined to lose. He didn't have anything to fight for. He didn't even have anyone to fight for. He wanted to make the world a better place by killing all of the muggles. But he also wanted to never be alone. In conclusion, Voldemort had a dream that even he knew deep down could never be true. He had dug himself a hole too deep to get out of. Voldemort wanted to feel important and cared for. And that was the only true thing Voldemort had ever wanted. To never be abandoned again.